Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in West Carroll, Morehouse, East Carroll, Madison, Tinsaw, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Good morning, everybody. Well, good day, good afternoon. Um, this is Bruce Garner. This is another episode of Louisiana Crops Delta, Louisiana Delta Crops podcast. Um, I'm not Kylie, so you, you can hear that. You know, if Kylie's voice ever got this deep, we would have problems. Um, everybody is either in a meeting, getting ready for a meeting, or getting over a meeting. Uh, or in RL's case, he's he's at probably the most important thing this morning. He's at his granddaughter's uh, elementary school program. So it's just me today. Um, but we had some in, important stuff we want to talk about uh, yesterday. That we're recording this today is February 15th. Uh, every, our last podcast, we talked about the Dicamba issue, the the, EPA, the federal court ruling in Arizona. Uh, today, on February 14th, yesterday, uh, the EPA issued out a statement saying that we could uh, end of stocks order. Um, so we could use the product, use Dicamba, um, if it was purchased before February the 6th and then on through the season with the regular cutoff dates, you know, for Extendamax, uh, May 31st, uh, for Extendamax and Extendaflex soybeans, and then June 30th for Extendaflex cotton, and then the Agenia, Tavian, Extendamax until June 30th um, on Extend, Extend and Extendaflex soybeans, and then July 30th for Extendaflex cotton. So we can use them. Uh, at least as it stands today on February the 15th. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and we're on out in April, uh, please, please, before you put a spray rig in the field, check to make sure something hadn't changed because there's a lot of things that could happen between now and the time we actually get ready to start putting the products out. Uh, but anyway, that's what I had a kind of a update on um, that. Um, here today um, at Kennedy Rice in Rouge, Louisiana, um, with Chanel Carter, I'm going to let, you know, let, let her introduce herself. We're going to talk about sustainability and rice today. So, Chanel, welcome. Thank you for, for spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. So, I'm Chanel Carter. I'm a land and farm manager with Delta Land and Farm Management. So, we help landowners that have holdings here in the Delta. So, lots of rice, mm-hmm. right? Cotton, corn, and soybeans there. So, thank you so much for having me. And uh, glad to talk about sustainability and what that means in rice. Well, we, we, the, the whole thing come out of this, uh, this podcast, uh, like actually this in particular podcast was a meeting that y'all had. That uh, was a couple weeks ago now. Um, it was yeah. really, a really good meeting. Um, and one of the topics that was talked about was sustainability. And I kind of cornered Chanel up after the meeting. I said, hey, would you, would you come on the podcast and talk to us about some of the programs that that's going on for sustainability? You know, a, a lot of the stuff, sustainable, sustainable practices, seems to be pro- stuff that we're doing already as farmers. We're doing it on the farm, um, you know, water management, nutrient management, integrated pest management. Um, yes. And then we're getting to a point where we might can, can recoup some cost along with that. So I've encouraged folks, hey guys, we're doing it. Let's document what we're doing um, and let that build that we are we're being sustainable you know in the past we've 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 hoped folks would do it just because it's the right thing 
now we're beginning to see some guys that are saying, hey, you know, there's, there's some premiums out here. Um, and, you know, sustainability carries so many different topics. Uh, yes, it's an umbrella statement. It does. So, you know, we were talking you know, before we started recording about some of the efforts that, that you've seen in the, in the industry uh, in the past, you know, year or so. Um, what sustainability means uh, for, for, for rice production, for production as a whole. Right, and we've seen, you know, we've seen kind of an evolution over the past few, over the past few years of what that, of what that means for the companies that are participating mm-hmm. in, you know, in these kind of programs, and all the way down to the farm level, what it, what practices are right. important when it comes to, you know, sustainability. But what we've seen is that. In the, in the space as a whole, right? It really comes down to looking at kind of three buckets of mm-hmm. your business for your ESG goals, right? You hear about ESG right. investing, you hear about um, companies reporting on these, different, on these different metrics. And ESG, what that stands for is environmental, social, and governance. Right. And in the ag space, we get a ton of attention on the environmental piece. But really, you know, as a grower, you can look at those three buckets of your of your business. So, environmental piece. I'll just kind of give you some examples mm. of you know of things that we're looking at. That you know, environmental piece, right? Your your water usage, your product stewardship, your electricity, are you using, you know, are you using electric well, right. or are you using, are you using diesel, right. um, land leveling, what kind of soil types do you right. have, nutrient management and pest management, all of those things are part of your you know, environmental right. piece of your business. And then, you know, the social part of your business, right? Um, your farm labor are you able to are you able to hire locally are you bringing in labor through an h2a program or something similar to that all those things fall in that kind of social bucket and then you've got the and then you've got the governance bucket too right which is how is your business set up are you a partnership are you a joint venture are you on your own or even to the policy piece of it, which like we're talking about with the, you know, with the Dikema, what kind of, what kind of policies are out there today that affect your business operations, that affect whether or not you have product in your storage that you can use use or not use. Um, So when you think about it kind of that way, um, with those three pillars of the environmental, the social, and the and the governance, and really taking a holistic view right. of how can we make progress in all of these areas that are going to help our business right. be here fifty to a hundred <laughs> years from now. Yeah, right? and that's, and that's what sustainability really is about. It's about the longevity and right. the health of your business and everybody's business is is different what's going to make my business what's going to make our business healthy 50 years from now it's going to be different than you know than a different type of business you know when you're talking about the the environmental side as you were listing some of those some of those practices off and i'm thinking you know for us to be efficient 
you know, a lot of these sustainable practices really work around efficiencies. They I mean, do. I mean, if if, if we're not efficiently applying nutrients in our field, um, for not putting it there when the plant needs it, and it's running off, well, we're losing money. I mean, money's going out the bottom end of the field. Um, same thing for leveling. If we if we can't get, and that works for rice and for beans and for, for corn, any, right. any, any crop. If if that field, and we, and we use the term, I, I kind of joke, we look, we use the term leveling in, in agriculture, we know what we're talking about. And I have to I have to take a step back and, and with folks outside of agriculture say, hey, okay, we're talking about leveling, but really what we're talking about is land forming. We're wanting to get the be able to get the water on the field efficiently, and more importantly, we want to be able to get the water off the field efficiently. Yes. So you know, so if it, we're about efficiency there, and there's some cool things happening in the in the realm of of, of rice farming, um, with some recirculation of of water. Um, Chris Henry up in Arkansas um, is doing some work with a with a uh, a recirculation system where they're recirculating the water from the bottom end of the field. Through with using polypipe, bringing it back up to the top end of the field and running it back through. Really kind of cool if you think about it, is tailwater recovery on a micro level. Nice. So we're doing tailwater recovery in a field for that field. Um, that, but that gets right back into nutrients for the field because you're recirculating the water that has nutrients suspended in it. So anyway, that's, that's one of the things. But you know, the efficiency side of it, so a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, um, you know, sustainable, it, it's, it's an efficiency thing. For our, for our farmers to look at, you know, I, I know all of all the listeners have probably seen or received that text that says "spray all." Right. You know, and that I'm not faulting any anybody at all, but because so, sometimes we we've got enough bugs and it's a spray all event. But do we really need to do spray all every time? I mean, are we do we need to put an insecticide shot out every time we go across the field? Um, are we are we honing in for integrated pest management? Are we meeting thresholds? Are we looking at what's going? On? So that's kind of that's cool. Um, so how's the, how's the industry getting on board with sustainability? So mm-hmm. what we see is that as industries are looking at their own ESG goals, mm-hmm. right? Some of these large. Uh, large corporations, especially food corporations that come into the, the ag sector right. for raw materials and ingredients, they are looking at ways to improve their, specifically in the environmental realm, to improve their like greenhouse gas emissions, right? There's a lot of talk around net zero by 2050 right. for a lot of these companies. And if you're listening to this, what that means is having zero, the amount of carbon that you, the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that you put out into the atmosphere through your operations, that you're offsetting at least that, at least that amount. So your business is not actually putting additional greenhouse gases into into the atmosphere as a whole. So as companies are going through this kind of exploration process, we'll call up, say, okay, let's let's dig into our supply chain and let's see where there are efficiencies that we can that we can create, or let's see where let's see where we can learn about what the business practices are for the for the growers and the and the processors that supply us. They're learning about our business right. and. 
what we're what we're seeing is number one a a desire to understand like mm-hmm. you said some of this are things that growers have been doing for for years i so we were cleaning out at the house not too long ago and i picked up a copy of progressive farmer it's from 1990 <laughs> in the year 1990 and it was talking about no-till mm-hmm. and this is you know <laughs> and this is over 30 years ago where we see you know we see companies that are kind of catching up to things that we've learned right. over that we've learned over time to make our businesses right. more efficient so one one thing is a desire for you know a desire to understand right, right. and see how see how operations work over work overall right. and if there are any efficiencies to be to be captured to help reduce those greenhouse right. gas emissions that are being that are being reported so a lot of the a lot of the programs that you see there's sustainability programs in agriculture. They are around that greenhouse gas emission right. reduction for whoever the end company right. is. And that is, you know, that's something that's fairly that's fairly new. And it's a way that they're again trying to kind of dig through their supply chain and see right. where can efficiencies be captured. You know, and that, that's that's a really interesting point and, I, and I've, I've I've yelled it from the mountaintop I've been a county agent 15 years now that a lot of times people outside of agriculture don't understand agriculture and it's really easy to s- s- kind of sit back and lob the what ifs you know why don't you I mean, I mean I know producers have heard it I know we have heard it you've heard it over the years why don't why don't we do you know better at this better at that well we, we are um, you know, the it's a balance in agriculture, for, at least for, in my mind's eye, it's a balance between being a good steward, but put, but producing enough crops to feed the world. Because if you, and I, I don't want to get too far off the track, but if you look at the number of farmers that we have today versus the number of farmers we had, say, 50 years ago, or right. go back 70 years ago, you know, our, our number of farmers are, are just decreasing every year. You know, we're, we're farming more acres now. I, I say all that to to come back to this: is that if if we if we don't be good stewards, if we're not good stewards, we're going to have problems in the future. So it's interesting that we've got um, now industry beginning to look at agriculture, saying, "Hey, show us where we can work with you and where we can can plug in." Because at the bottom line. I, 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 you've all seen the memes. If you ate today, thank a farmer. If you put on clothes today, thank a farmer. I mean, and that's there's a lot of truth to that. Um, if if you, I had a, a professor years ago say, if you drink water or drink anything, if you wear anything, and if you eat anything, there's a farmer involved somewhere. There is. And so true. And I so somebody said, well, what do you mean if I drink anything? Well, look. If we're not good stewards of our water, we have problems with water. And I promise you, everything that we eat, even, you know, it does not matter if you're vegetarian, vegan, a herbivore, whatever, there's a farmer involved. You know, you ask folks, where does your food come from? And a lot of folks will say, the grocery store. Well, where did the grocery store get it? 
Right, and that's what these companies are starting to are starting to really think about in a more, you know, in a more broad way. Right, it's not just the, you know, it's not just the, it's not just the grocery store. Right. It's the it's the transportation company that brought right. it to the grocery store from the storage facility, from the you know from the packager, right. from the or from the miller, and I think that's one thing that. Uh, that Merrill and Mr. Alvin and the entire team here at, at Kennedy Rice have really been such champions of is telling your story mm-hmm. in agriculture and being willing to do that education to right. the industry because there is a there is truly a curiosity out there. And I think when you've been in the business for so long, it's easy to um, you know it's easy to forget that not everybody <laughs> understands as much about as much about agriculture as we do being in it well, today. Well, I, I say this all the time. We lose sight, but we're in it. We lose sight that, that there are people, maybe not people listening to our podcast, but there are people in this world that's never seen a field of corn. They've never seen a patty of rice. If we say rice patty, they're probably thinking about a little disc. Right, like a rice cake. <laughs> a rice okay. cake. You know, they, they don't think about, they, 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 they've never seen what we've what we've grown to, to know. I mean, I'm not going to go down the political realm about East Coast and West Coast and we're, we're the middle, we're in between, but there are truly large sections of, of our country that, that, that don't understand production ag. Um, they think that yeah, you know, my favorite story I like to tell was the lady that, that came up to me at an event, and she was fussing at me because all these these corn farmers that waste all the, all this corn, and I, I'm I'm thinking, okay, what is where's she going with this? Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around because I mean she's really kind of getting in my face about all that waste. I said, man, and I'm, first thing I think is, well, she's she's seen a field that's been harvested, and we've busted out a bunch of corn on the on the turn turn row. Or she's seen that you know the field was harvested, and she's seeing the, the the volunteer corn come back up, and that's what she's talking about. And I'm I'm fixing to start talk, explaining to her about well, some there's a certain amount of waste in the in the field. Sure. But what she was talking about was all that dry corn that just dries. It just it goes from green to brown, and they just let it ruin. And she didn't understand that that's the way we harvest corn. Is that she was thinking of corn on a can of corn, right? Like on, a shoe pack corn, <laughs> yeah, or something you like know, corn that. on the cob, and it was a total. I mean, bless her heart. I said, "Ma'am," I said, "Let me let's let's talk about production of corn first, or you know, how we produce corn, what we do with it." And once I explained it to her, she's like, "Oh, well, I never, you know, it, I right, never thought about consider it. that." Well, you know the the farmland that the farmland that we manage that you know is. In the Delta, we we feed, we fuel, we power the world. Right. That's you know, it's not only what's going into what's going into the grocery store. Right. right? It's it's feed, it's fuel, it's so many different, so many different upstream you know, we, we, businesses that it goes into. We kind of, we kind of lose track of it ourselves as as producers because um, I, I tell people all the time is that people you know buzzwords farm to table. And well, do we have farm to table in our production system in the Delta? Yes and no. And in and, and in case of rice, yes. We we and go rice, absolutely. We go farm to table. But I, I, I tell people that even in corn, we go farm to table. There's a intermediate step. 
I mean, it goes farm to chicken to table or farm to beef to table. So it's it's still, I mean, our products that we produce in the Delta, um, you know, corn, cotton, you know, with cotton, we wear it and it's farm to back. It's, right. it's on our backs. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's all, we, we do, the, what we produce does end up I promise you, on a table, and, and that's what you know. Again, folks listening to us will say, "Well, I hope you're saying, well, yeah, yeah, we we should, everybody should understand that." But the unfortunately, they, not everybody does understand. Right, but from a sustainability standpoint, what that looks like is you may get different asks from different companies right. about your about your products, right. right? Like in the in the rice piece of it, uh, the the main objectives from the from the larger CPGs that we work with are, they're trying to understand their, you know, understand their greenhouse gas emissions and quantify that. Right. And a lot of companies, we're learning this together. I don't think that anybody right. has it completely figured out. Right. So being being able to see the people that you're working with as a, as a partner, and this is right. kind of an education process and we're figuring out what works for us as growers, we're figuring out what works for processors, we're figuring out what works in the data collection part of it, and we're figuring out what works in reporting for these larger for these larger companies. But I do want to talk a little bit about the programs that are out there yeah. for 2024 if um be helpful. So there are a few different programs out there in in Rice for 2024. So uh, and there could there are probably more, so check your local sources. Yeah. USA Rice is has a Climate Smart program mm-hmm. grant out there that's for all varieties, can be medium grain, can be long grain, and there are some opportunities for payment per practice right. on some of these Climate Smart right. practices, and there's um, there's a limited amount of funding for mm-hmm. that. It's not guaranteed, but there is a there is an application process right. that you can go through for that funding. The deadline on that program applications is February the twenty third. Right, it's coming, it's coming up. up very. It's right. coming up very quickly. Um, there's also some programming out there for long grain mm-hmm. through um, through Anheuser Busch and through. Nestle Purina. We're still getting details on those on those programs, but do know that that's going to be focused okay. around long grain, long grain acreage, and that is a um, a pay per practice type yeah. program as well. Uh, practices are a little bit different, so you've really got to look at each program okay. yeah. and think about does this fit with does this fit with my operation? Does this fit with my own? You know my sustainability goals for my business, right? right. Goals for my business and, and what I'm focused on. But there is some there is some funding out there for for practices that growers are um, you know, are able to participate right. in even this even this, this season year. that we're coming up on. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um the, the the neat thing about it is it sounds like industry is beginning to realize that um to get guys, producers on board, we've we've got to make an incentive. We've got to incentivize it, um, and that's just, that's the truth. I mean, I that, I wish I could say that we're all altruistic and we just do it because it's the right thing to do. 
but the bottom line is we got to pay for it. We got to pay for some of these practices, and that's that's the that's the neat thing. The industry is beginning to come around and see that. Um, I've, I've been in meetings for the past four or five years, and that's been always been the producer's response: is that well, will they pay for it? Will they pay a premium? And it's always been well, we're we're getting there. We're getting there, and it sounds like we're finally beginning to get there. Um, the cool thing about it is we're on the front end of this, you know. And I, I I've, I've said this many times before. Is that you? If you run along beside the train, it's a whole lot easier to get on it than if you just stick your arm out and try to grab a hold of it. Right. Um, well, and being you know, and being involved in the being involved in the process and being able to share your story and the feedback that is you know the feedback from participating in these programs really does help shape programs moving forward. What right. we're seeing is that. The companies that are putting these together and the you know, the groups that are putting these together, they truly are listening, yeah. and it's important for us to to participate and and be willing to give feedback, be willing to share yeah. that story. Well, I think I think it's important um, because everything it's been coming. We've been we've been hearing sustainability and, and industry. Um, you know, we, we, we've talked in the, on the podcast before about, about carbon credits and the carbon market. Um, that market is still growing, um, and we're beginning to see that move a little bit. The sustainability, now what we're beginning to see is we're actually beginning to, the rubber's beginning to meet the road type of thing. So I think we're, you know, at least in our sphere of the world, our part of the world, um, I think we're beginning to see uh some of the sustainability efforts beginning to want to pay some dividends and that's that's neat um and i think that it's, it's a cool thing that industry is coming to producers and saying hey guys what what do we how can we work together on this right um because of you know and i think what's being driven there is consumers the end user the, the folks that are sitting out at the dining room table are beginning to say hey where did my food come from and that's so cool. I mean, at least for me, I'm, you know, I'm a farm boy. Um, I've known where most of my food comes from because a lot of times we grew it ourselves. But again, going back to those people that, that may not understand farming, for them to be able to say, where's my food come from? And then what is the cost, both economically and socially and environmentally? Um, I don't think this is going away. I mean, I think we're just on the front end of the, of, of the movement into the farmers um, so I think guys should, if you're not participating in a program this year, should start looking real hard for the future um, to see what you know, and start documenting some of your practices because a lot of these, a lot of these programs are wanting to see what you've done in the past. And right. what there's you, a look back element right. on there's a look back element on on all of the programs. To your point, to your point, Bruce, and it's. Um, it's really just to help establish that baseline right. for the programs that are looking to do, you know, greenhouse gas emissions right. savings, right? That's that's part of that that's part of that baseline establishment. But if I if I didn't have a, a piece of advice for girls who maybe haven't participated in a program before, just starting to look into this, you know. 
look at the look at the options that are out there and maybe you try it on maybe you try it on one field maybe you try right. it on a maybe you try it on a couple of fields there's no requirement in most of these programs that you have to do right. your entire farm right so if you're if you're curious and there may be some payback that makes right. it make economic sense right. for you as well try it on that 40 acres right. or try it on that try it on that 80 acres and see what you see what you think see what your results mm -hmm. are and then you can and then you can scale up in a in a meaningful way for right. your for your business there's no there's no requirement to go all in i think right. Well, in, try it and see. Try it and see how it goes. You know, in, in reality, um, that's the best way to do it. Is is um, try it small. Make sure it's going. You know, that's one reason we 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 have research stations. Is we, I, I tell guys all the time, if you have an idea, and I reach out to anybody, if you have an idea of something you'd like a research station to look at, I mean, give us a call. Give Dennis a call. Give me a call. And we'll put we'll put a plot in on, on on a research station. Let us fail, you know. But some of the stuff, a lot of stuff we're talking about is we've had on the research station and we've got the documentation. We got it, it works. It's there. Um, it's a management practice. It works. Um, so, you know, maybe do it on the backside of the. I, I jokingly say sometimes some of the practices that we do, we want to do it off the highway so people don't see it. That way they won't laugh. They don't laugh at us too hard. <laughs> um, maybe you don't have to do it right up on the highway. But, you know, start, uh, I encourage all the guys to start looking um, at programs and see what it, see what the programs could benefit you, see what they could possibly pay um, per acre. There's, you know, if you have CSP, this is something, and I'm not, I'm, we don't want to get down in the weeds on some of this, but some of it is if you're already being, um, if you have a CP, CSP or, or equip practice that you're already doing, some of these programs, uh, I think the, the the USA Rice and the DU program, you can't double dip. You can't get from you can't get a um, you can't do the same practice and get paid for it twice. So, right, so or you, not on the same or not on the same acre. But I'm happy to be a, a resource for anybody okay. that's for anybody that's listening. Put my contact information in the in the show notes. Want to do it? Um, um, glad to you know. Glad to support anyone who is who's curious yeah. and may benefit from participating in some of these programs that are available to to rice growers or programs for other crops well, guys look down in the show notes that's where I'll, I'll include chanel's contact information and some um the usa rice website uh so you can kind of look at some of that um, we'll include that in the show notes um chanel thank you for spending some time with me this is a busy time of the year for everybody um especially for you know we're trying to get a, a, a season kicked off um, thank you for coming and allowing us to come into to, y'all's facility and sit down and visit with you. Um, and I hope to have you back again as as a, as the season progresses because we're always we never know what the season's going to hold. Yeah, thank you so much. Glad to glad to be here and to be a resource. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening and help and hanging with us today. Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com website or contact your local extension office.